Welcome to the UNI Podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Parada. UNI is a portal for art and conversation that propels unity consciousness, a state of being that is rooted in the awareness of you and I as one. Here, we explore unity through the people on this earth that are helping us understand ourselves, our planet, and each other through a unique lens. Our heartfelt mission is to help all beings everywhere come to the realization that we are all unique and unified at the same time. We are UNI. Hey everyone, I wanted to hop on here and deliver this message that's been kind of um, cooking up in me, is how I would put it. Like, I feel like it's um, something that I've been thinking about over the last week or two, and um, I've been kind of waiting for the right time to express it and communicate it, and hoping that we all have um, an open enough mind to explore a higher level perspective. Um, By higher level, I don't mean better. I just mean um, more from the absolute truth perspective versus the relative truth. So meaning more from the macro versus the micro. Um, So I'll explain what what I mean by that in in a second. But um, I really wanted to connect with you all and express something that's coming directly from my heart and from my present moment awareness and all of the insights that have come through me that have really helped me maintain a sense of grounding throughout everything that's happening. And I believe that we need to be able to hold differing perspectives right now. Um, And I'm a true believer in um, taking a non-dual perspective here, meaning um, when we want to change things, change needs to happen both, you know, in the more three-dimensional action, right? Like taking um, immediate action with, with your money, with your energy, um, you know, doing something. Um, but it's also within, and it's also a lot of inner work and it's talking about things from a, a consciousness perspective as well. I don't think that it's one or the other. I think that it's both. And I personally believe that the more long standing change is going to happen through our inner work, through exploring our shadow, through taking a look inside, looking inward. And the more that we all do that, the more that we'll create lasting change in our world and the more that we'll create true unity versus continuing to create from a place of separation. And this is why I wanted to to talk to you all today. Um, and I think, you know, first off, I, I want to say, you know, I this has been a hard um, few weeks for everyone, I think, um, you know, no matter what color you are, whatever your background is, um, this, you know, I've felt the, the pain both from myself and from the collective. Um, I'm sure you have all tapped into, you know, some of that in some way, shape or form. Um, 
and I want to just honor that and um, express that we are going through these collective purges um, globally as a human species right now. And it's, it's not easy and it's okay to be feeling whatever it is that you're feeling, um, whether it's um, passionate action or whether it's uh, introspection or whether it's, you know, maybe you're having a hard time feeling into your emotions and you're, you're perhaps numbing out in some way. Like it's, it's all okay. We're all doing things in a way that is appropriate for us and in a way that feels safe for us. Um, and ultimately we're exactly where we each need to be. And wherever you are in your path is completely okay. And where we fall into a quote unquote darkness again is when we forget that. And when we try to control others and apply how we are coping and processing um, and acting on something onto another. And so that's why that's what I wanted to talk about today is because I, I'm seeing a lot of the same patterns being repeated. Um, the reason that our world is so separated, the reason that racism still exists in the psyche, in the human psyche, the reason that, um, you know, this awful violence toward our brothers and sisters is happening is from separation consciousness. And that's a series of belief systems that is incredibly archaic. It's an old, old, old story that we've been feeding into. And what's happening now is that we are collectively acknowledging a very particular manifestation of separation, a very awful, awful, painful manifestation of separation, which is the violence of from one human to another due to the color of their skin. And that is incredibly heartbreaking. And it's very easy to point a finger at someone or at a system, right? We want to blame. And my voice is shaky because I get emotional talking about this because I can feel the reason why we blame. Um, and it's because we want to, we're avoiding pain. Um, whenever we, we point a finger, whenever we, you know, we're complaining or blaming something or someone else, we're not feeling safe enough to process our own pain and our own traumas and our own shadow. So then it's easier to just say, well, oh, that person's bad. So let's blame that person or that system is bad. So let's blame that. And it's difficult to turn your gaze inward because you have to look at all of the stuff that you've got going on inside. And I feel for that. And I feel that too, you know, I, um, I can empathize with that because I know 
firsthand that shadow work is difficult. You know, when you're confronting the, the, the depths of the, the parts of you that you don't want to see, perhaps even the memories or the, um, the past you that you don't want to see, it's difficult. And I understand that. And I, I feel that. And I'm here with you today talking not as someone who feels like they know better, but someone who, who is walking with you. And for whatever reason, I'm feeling called to share my perspective with you. And I think that we are all collectively at a place in our consciousness where we can explore differing perspectives without attacking each other um, and without forcing each other to have the same perspective. We're entering a phase of our evolution where we are able to hold differing perspectives. We're able to understand someone and we're able to choose our understanding and our belief system and our own perspective. But in order to, to continue on a path of on a path, a trajectory toward unity, toward more harmony with one another, we need to be able to understand that we cannot control another human being. And the more that you come into your own sovereignty and your own um, your own sense of alignment, your own sense of a center, the more that you will honor another human being's place, another human being's perspective, another human being's understanding of the world. And as much as we, you know, when we wake up to certain or when we think that we wake up to a certain level of understanding or a level of change and we see that um, that has come about in a certain way through certain steps, we want to force that upon another human being, um, including with issues of activism. But if there's one thing that I've learned on this path, on a, a more spiritual path, is that you cannot force that upon someone else. And... I've seen this apply, um, I've applied this to my life more so in the consciousness realm, so in terms of mindfulness and present moment awareness and heart-centered consciousness. Um, it's something that I live, it's my lifestyle, and there was a point in my path where I was really excited about that and I wanted to share that with everyone, especially with the um the people that are closest to me. And by sharing, I don't mean, you know, something like this. I mean, like, giving unwarranted advice, um, placing my perspective upon another without being asked. Um, and a saying that I love is, um, be the Buddha, don't preach Buddhism. And I think that applies to a lot of things, is when you have come to an understanding that is closer to love, you need to embody that and focus on embodying that versus preaching that. Because people, people are not ready for what they're not ready for, regardless of how, how much you are 
shoving it down their throat. Um, and I'm not saying that to not use your voice and that influence isn't, isn't powerful. Of course it is. Um, I think that both those perspectives can exist at once. So, um, please understand that as I'm talking, I'm weaving in and out of the micro and the macro perspective, the absolute truth, the relative truth perspective. And I mentioned that earlier and I mentioned that I would, um, explain that. So, what I mean by that is when we talk about universal truths um, in philosophy and spirituality and religion, even in, in more um, ethereal terms, you could say, um, there's absolute truth and then there's relative truth. So I'll give you an example. Um, absolute truth would mean we are one right? From an absolute truth perspective, we are one. We are connected. We are, um, we are a collective consciousness. That's an absolute truth. We are one. So the relative truth would be that I, my name is Gabriella, and I am in this body, and I am sitting here, and your name is XYZ, and you're in that body, and you're sitting in your living room in... Um, San Francisco or in Brooklyn or wherever you are, right? So a relative truth is that we are each in our own bodies and we are individuals. So that's the relative truth. But then the absolute truth is that we are one and we are connected and we are a collective consciousness. So both of those truths are valid and are true depending on which perspective in which context you're, you're, um, you're referring to. So they can coexist, right? This is non-duality. Knowing that two truths, multiple truths can coexist at once. So the more that we can acknowledge multiple truths existing, the more that I feel that we'll be able to navigate this future trajectory toward unity because we'll be we'll be spending less time beating each other up over each other's opinions and we'll be spending more time trying to understand each other and trying to have a healthy compassionate dialogue so so similarly i uh, also use the word micro and macro to express those same things there's the micro which is the more three-dimensional truth. And then there's the macro, which is um, the more uh, like higher level perspective. So what we could say right now, something that's um, related to what's happening now, we could say that, you know, the relative truth is, or the, the micro right now is that, you know, there, that there is, if you feel called that there is a certain level of action that you can take right now, right? It's donating, protesting, um, voting, speaking up, um, talking to your family, et cetera, et cetera. And those are all beautiful and those are all necessary. If you feel called, if that's how you feel like this work needs to be worked through you, if that's how you feel that you can contribute change to the world, if that's where you feel safe to contribute, that's wonderful. And then 
from the more macro, you could say that change comes from within. So you could say that change begins from the inside, right? And I think we can all acknowledge that that's that there's some truth to that, right? That exploring the depths of your consciousness and where your shadow lies and where racist belief systems inside of your psyche lie, that that's where change is going to happen, that you need to look inside and you need to get really honest with yourself and do so, some introspection, some meditation, some contemplation, some journaling, and really dig into like, what, where am I contributing racism? So both of those truths, again, micro and macro, can coexist. So today I'm talking more so in terms of the the absolute truth perspective in terms of change really being cultivated from the inside out. And it's not negating all of the action that's taking place. And it's not lessening or minimizing it. And also acknowledge that language is limited, right? So when I'm saying micro and macro, relative truth, absolute truth, um, when I'm using words like higher level perspective, this is to communicate, right? But language is limited. So I'm not saying it's better or worse, that it's higher on a scale or lower on a scale. These are all, all truths are, are valid and, um, and we honor those without uh, labeling one as better than the other. So what I wanna get into today is really discussing how I believe change is going to happen in terms of bringing unity consciousness to the forefront of our of our beingness there's a quote that i love by albert einstein and it says you cannot change something with the same consciousness that created it you cannot change something with the same consciousness that created it and that has that phrase has been repeating in my mind for the last couple of weeks because I can see how we are applying the same consciousness to the problem. The problem we have on our hands is that racism is still heavily infiltrating some of the systems, many, I mean, you could even say all, like all of the systems that we've created because we have not looked at the shadow. We have not looked at our history. You know, think of how many of us are like waking up to facts, even just we can take out all of the spirituality and the heart of it and just look at the straight up facts. You can see A plus B equals C. And what I'm seeing right now is that that level of consciousness, this consciousness rooted in separation, separating our spirit from our embodiment is why we are here from one perspective, right? We've taken out the heart from our actions. And when we're thinking with the ego and the mind, we create systems that are running off of lack mentality, separation mentality, fear, 
So now what's needed is we need to connect to the heart in order to create from a place that is different from where we've been. And what's happening right now is that we are using judgment toward one another to create what we think is change. Now, I'm not saying everyone's doing this, but I'm saying on a on a collective level, this is what I've seen on social media particularly, and this is what I've been feeling into, what I've been feeling into in terms of the collective energy. And what we're doing right now is we are judging each other based off of what we are or are not saying on social media. We're using separation tactics to solve a problem that was created by separation tactics. We're using separation mentality to fix separation mentality. Take a moment to really tune into how that makes zero sense. How can we build unity if we're trying to build a new world with separation again? There's that, um, I forget where it comes from, but that phrase around um, insanity is trying to change something by doing the same thing over and over again. I don't think I'm, I don't think that's exactly it, but I hope you get the point that insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting change. And that's what we're doing to some degree. I'm not saying, again, I'm not saying everyone is doing this. There are many people who are holding the unity consciousness um, in their hearts and, and building and expressing through that, of course. But we all need to be there if we're actually going to get there. So the fact that separation is still rampant in how we're dealing with this is a big deal. It's a very big deal. Take the example of the, you know, the the black tiles that were posted on um, that Tuesday and how, you know, people were saying, post it, don't post it. If you didn't post it, you stand for this. If you did post it, you stand for this. Wait, don't post it because now it means this. There's a, there's a difference between actually taking heart-centered action and just doing something because you're afraid of what someone else will think. The judgment that is rampant right now is so high. It's really, really high. And I encourage you to be so aware of this, aware in how you're judging yourself and aware in how you're judging others, whether or not you're actually commenting on someone's profile or or, you know, or speaking about it with a friend, you know, behind someone's back, gossiping. We need to acknowledge that everyone is working through things in the way that they need to work through it. And just because someone said or did not say something does not mean that they are or are not about or not about something. It's like collectively, there's this understanding of wanting to not judge and not harm Like we know that we need to be there. Like we know that that's where we want to be, but we're not embodying it yet. And the only way to embody it is to be 
hyper-present, hyper-vigilant of your present moment, your now moment. If you're not present, you're running off of old programs. If you're not present, you're running off of this back-end software that has all of the old, archaic, unlooked-at parts of you. I'm not saying that, you know, all of your subconscious is is rooted in, you know, lack and separation, but it is there. And so the more present that you are, the more that you have a choice in where you're operating from. Am I operating from the heart center? Or am I operating from past trauma that has taught me to be defensive and judgmental? And that has taught me that I am unsafe taking someone as my myself, so I have to push them away. You know, which, which, which lane are you taking in every moment? And that's only going to happen if we're, if we're present. So I strongly encourage you to work on cultivating presence through meditation, through shamatha, through mindfulness meditation. Um, that's how I get there. You might have another way of getting there, but I, I'm a firm believer in, in a daily practice of meditation. So the other layer that I wanted to talk about is how we are all connected. And this connection is very intricate and infinite. So much so that we, in my opinion, in order to take this path toward unity consciousness, we need to understand how all separation consciousness, everything that stems from it, is interlinked and correlated. So separation consciousness, the, the, um, the opposite of unity consciousness, the contrast to unity consciousness, has a series of belief systems, thought forms, energy, And everything that comes from that, from those belief systems, from those thought forms, from that energy, is connected. So until we see how our judgment is connected to another person killing another human being, we're not going to cultivate long-lasting change that leads us toward complete unity consciousness. And I know that's a very dramatic statement but it's what I truly believe. And it's how I think that we can all take responsibility for what is happening. And I think responsibility as a human, as part of the human species is incredibly important right now. Because what what starts to happen is what I was talking about earlier and that we point fingers, we blame, we complain, but we are not recognizing that the very system that we complain about is us. We are the system. You are the system. I am the system. We are the ones uploading that. We are the ones uploading those templates. They're all connected. So how are you taking responsibility? Are you aware of how you're judging your brothers and sisters, your peers, your friends? Are you present enough to see how you treated someone differently because they were wearing a cool outfit? Are you present enough to see how you perhaps brush someone off because um, they had a haircut that you didn't like. All of this stuff is happening constantly in our consciousness. And when we're not present, we, we're not aware of it. We would say, you know, it's very easy for someone to say like, oh, I'm, 
I'm just an angel. I'm so heart-centered and I'm always operating from love and I don't have any of that. That never comes across to my mind. I treat everyone fairly and equally. You know, this is where that whole I don't see color thing comes from. That's an extremity of it. It's when we're not taking we're we're not taking responsibility for what we have contributed and are contributing. And that comes from a lack of presence. When you're not present, when you're not living from present moment awareness, present moment loving awareness, you're not aware of all of the simultaneous layers of energy and thought forms and belief systems that are coming through your subconscious, your unconscious, your conscious mind. So when you're not when you're not willing to see that, it's very easy to say like, yep, nope, I'm not, I'm not racist. Yep, nope, I'm not judgmental. No, never, I would never do that. Being a heart-centered being, being a light worker, being someone who's devoted to love is being willing to see the darkness within yourself. Otherwise, it's just breeding separation within yourself. It's avoidance, it's delusion, and it's dangerous. It's dangerous to not take responsibility for the darkness that you breed. And I believe that we are evolving to a place where we can understand that and we can understand our contribution to these templates of separation. Think of it like this like cloud above the collective, right? You could think of it as this cloud. And every, every judgment, everything that's rooted in separation right? Whether it be to yourself or to another human or another being is feeding that cloud, right? So if I, I judge someone for, um, I don't know, being late all the time and I'm like, oh, they, they're awful. They're so irresponsible, blah, 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 complaining, complaining, complaining. Upload. If I'm gossiping about someone, um, I don't know, they, they got divorced and, oh, yeah, you know, they, they totally were going to get divorced. They, I saw it coming, like da 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 gossiping, boom, upload to the cloud, upload to that separation mentality cloud. Gossiping is one of the roots of becoming more conscious of how you're contributing to this. Because if you're even remotely present, that one's pretty easy to spot right and it's one where it's like it's usually instigated by through the interaction with another person so you can see how you're feeding it you can see how you're feeding into it and hopefully you can see when you're when you're the one instigating you know when you're thinking of someone as ugly or you're thinking of someone as really pretty and you know kind of rub elbows with them you know, because they are pretty, you know, this is, things don't come so literally, you know, it's not like, it's not like you have the thought of like, it's not like I would have the thought of like, oh, that girl is pretty. I want to be friends with her. It's not so literal, right? It's subtle. You might notice yourself maybe talking to someone a little longer than you normally would. And that's when presence is your gift. It's a blessing. Presence tells you, hey, take a look at this. Is this actually true? Is this actually authentic to your being? 
Or is there something else going on here? And then something clicks and you're like, oh, wow, I was treating this person differently because of the way they looked. And I actually don't really enjoy this person's energy or company, but I'm treating them differently because I think that they are externally beautiful based off of societal constructs. You know, those are very, it's very subtle. So this work is, is for, obviously it's for everyone, but it's, it's for people who are devoted to evolving. And I think many of us are there, but the only way to keep going is to have these conversations and to talk about it, to express them. So back to this, you know, visual of the cloud and how you're uploading to this separation mentality, separation consciousness cloud. Everything's connected. One of my teachers says, when you gossip about someone behind their back, you're killing them on a parallel timeline. Which I know sounds really dramatic and like, you know, it might sound silly or like, okay, that's a far stretch. But take that quantum perspective for a second. The quantum perspective being that there are um, past, present, future, parallel realities happening at any given moment and that everything is connected. So from that perspective, from that quantum perspective, you gossiping behind someone's back is you cutting them with a sword on a battlefield on another past or parallel timeline in another reality. That's a really powerful um, bit of imagination right there. Because I feel like that can really, that really shows us the potential of how connected we all are. We're infinitely connected. So there's a potential that that could be true. And it shows us how we need to take responsibility for what we deem so small. You know, what we deem unconnected or irrelevant. This might sound difficult for some to hear, but I feel the need to express it. And it is very painful to think of. It is very, very painful. But what that man did to George Floyd, how have you contributed to that? How can you acknowledge that you are connected to that action. How did you contribute to that killing? And that's really, really hard to look at. It's easier to say like, well, I didn't do that. I didn't make that decision. And yes, of course, from the the micro, from the relative truth, of course you did not. And of course, that, that wasn't your decision, and you didn't physically do that. But from the macro, can you acknowledge that you feeding separation consciousness through your judgments, through your gossiping, through your uh, separation within your own self, how has all of that contributed to the murders of in- innocent people? And that's hard to look at. That's that's very hard to look at. I understand. And it's why we don't talk about it very much because we don't want to... It doesn't, you know, it doesn't feel good to 
know that you contributed to that. But until we take responsibility for how we are all connected and how we are all helping or not helping situations through our own being, through the way that we operate, until we do that, we're going to keep creating the same cycles over and over again with different different um, forms of manifestation, right? It'll be the same story, different characters. I can sense the like discomfort that happens around what I just said of the the connection, you know, to to the people that are harming, um, and how have you contributed to that? Be gentle with yourself, you know, like this is, there's this like purging, this up level happening and that's going to take time and it takes compassion for yourself and gentleness. And so I know that it's painful to kind of look at yourself that way and like look deeply within. I know it can be painful. So, you know, be gentle, be kind, have a compassionate view of your experience You know, that doesn't mean you run away, but that means you look at your experience with with eyes of love and compassion and understanding for yourself. So please be gentle as you're exploring these things Um, and only explore when you're ready, you know, Um, you know, you will know when you're ready. Um, So going back to the you cannot create or you cannot change something with the same level of consciousness that created it. You know, we cannot build unity with separation. We have to build unity with unity. And unity, unity consciousness is unconditional love. And unconditional love can sometimes be mistaken as passiveness, softness, and inaction oh, I don't have to take action. I'm just going to, you know, focus on love and light. No, that's not what it means. It means we, unconditional love means you look at everything and anything with a layer of compassion. So unconditional love can mean action. Definitely. Unconditional love also means that that perspective of loving awareness applies to everything and everyone. And it doesn't mean we don't hold people accountable. And it also means that we can show love and compassion to those who are causing harm. And that's another layer that's hard to kind of like a hard pill to swallow. The thing that happens when we uncover darkness in someone, when we uncover that someone has caused harm, is that we we then completely abandon and outcast them. And we forget that we are connected with them and that we forget that they are also family. They are also our brother and sister. And we have also contributed to them causing harm. And we can also contribute to their healing. And how can we contribute to their healing? It's our, our thoughts, our intention, our awareness, our loving awareness. It begins there, right? It's planting the seed. You know, with the example of um, 
give the example of rehabilitation. Why do we not focus on rehabilitation for people who are imprisoned? Why are they not um, seeing psychologists and therapists? Why, why are they not taught mindfulness and meditation? Why are we not trying to remind them of their light? In Buddhism, there's this concept of inner goodness, and in many different other uh, traditions, cultures, philosophies, ancient teachings, there's this notion of true nature. And that your true nature is good as, as a human being. You, you were born good. I mean, you think of all of these, you know, people harming and, and killing, it, it, you know, that man that killed a person based on his color. Do you think he was born with that thought? Of course not. A baby, a beautiful little innocent baby comes into the world with love, as pure love, pure innocence right? When we think of him that way, it's very easy to say, yes, that is my brother. That is my sister. That little baby is my family. I will take that baby into my heart. It's very easy to say that because we can see their inner goodness. But we need to remind ourselves of that, that that innate goodness it didn't go anywhere. It's there. It's And it's hard. I know it's hard to think of you know, some, some of these people who have committed these evil acts, it's hard to think that they have this seed of goodness in them. I know it is. But can we start to open up our hearts to the possibility that it's there? In the opening of our hearts, we allow them to potentially open up theirs Again, we're connected. This is all connected. So that that inner goodness is something that we all have, but we have unconscious brothers and sisters who have forgotten. And the more that you remember your inner goodness, the more that that sets off a domino effect in others. And this is when we get into the, you know, the, the energetics of the collective, the collective consciousness. And I know it's more ethereal and it's a little bit more um, nebulous, but this is ancient wisdom that we are remembering. I think that we need to move to a place where we are not only praying and feeling compassion for the victim and the victim's family. But there's also room in our hearts for compassion for the unconscious brother who committed this heinous act. Think of how clouded, how gunked up and twisted and filthy like I'm like I'm getting this vision of like just like a heart being like thrown in the mud and the bushes and spit at and like it's just dirty, right? Like think of how how clogged this person's heart center has to be to do something like that. Think of all of the 
the separation that they have within them, the self-hatred, the childhood trauma, the lies and manipulation that this person has gone through to get to a place so dark that they would do something like that. That's pain. That's pain causing pain. This person was once an innocent baby. And this person grew up in an environment where they were filled with belief systems that confused them into thinking that they were separate from another based on their color of the, the color of their skin. It's an illness. It's a disease. Unconsciousness is a disease. Separation consciousness, separation mentality, is a mental illness. And I know that this is, for some, hard to grasp. But if you're willing to explore what this could mean for the way that you embody love in the world, right? Further embody love. If, you, if you're willing to explore, then you're a seeker. You're a seeker of capital T truth. You're a seeker of unconditional love within you and within the collective. So how can we show compassion for the people that are causing harm? I truly believe that that can trigger healing within our unconscious brothers and sisters. When we are so deeply, unconditionally loving that we could shine light on something so dark, on such a dark aspect of this person and the collective. I truly believe that that can create change. So I think I'm, I'm going to leave it there. I know that that was a lot that I expressed and I honor wherever you are in your path to greater understanding. I honor your perspective. And I always encourage you to follow your own discernment, your own sovereignty, allowing multiple truths to coexist. Our hearts are infinite. Our hearts can hold more than we think we are capable of holding. <laughs>